12 links independent origination. First, ignorance, then karmic formations. Karmic formations depend on the condition of ignorance. Consciousness depends on the condition of karmic formations. Mental and physical existence depend on the condition of consciousness. The six sense organs depend on mental physical existence. Sense impressions depend on the six sense organs. Feelings depend on sense impressions. Craving depends on feelings. Clinging depends on craving. The process of becoming depends on clinging. Rebirth depends on becoming. And death depends on rebirth. That, that's very, it's very shorthand. And let me, uh, let me just say, the beauty about these links conditions coming to play. And that these things that I've just mentioned, which we'll go into more detail, are not deterministic. But what the Buddha is saying is that when you have some of these conditions coming together, like for example, if you have a rainbow, you have certain conditions coming together. You have to have some water in the air, you have to have some sunshine in the air, you have to have the sky. The Buddha is saying the same thing, that when certain conditions come together, then certain results happen. And that actually, um, the, the the background to these, this 12, um, these 12 links is that in the first stage of the Buddha's enlightenment, the first thing he saw with, with this um, capacity to, this incredible capacity to see, he saw all his um, lifetimes. He saw all his births and deaths. He saw all that. Then he saw everyone's births and deaths. And then he said, what, what is it? What is the cause of this? And he said, the next thing he saw was karma. The next thing he saw was t t essentially two really important principles that everything Eric and I have been saying actually comes from. And that is, when this is, that is. And wholesome and unwholesome. Yeah? So, so that, for example, you know, we, ca we can say, Eric and I have said, when there's aversion to something that's not liking, and there's no mindfulness, there's suffering. When this is, that is. The reason we cultivate mindfulness is because it's wholesome, the reason we let go of aversion is because it's unwholesome. So the essential, the essential ingredients of this, these 12 links are when this is, that is. That is, life is not a series of random events and we are not victims. We are a result and our experiences are a result of conditions and causes. And that this whole path 
is about manipulating those conditions and causes to bring about wholesome conditions and wholesome events and to renounce or let go unwholesome events and unwholesome skillful qualities. And essentially, this is what the, this um, cycle is. So then what the Buddha said after, after understanding karma, then he said, well, what are the links given that what's happening in our lives is a result of conditions and not bad luck, not a matter of we're victims, but actually a result of causes, what's happening to us, what are they? What are the steps for what's going on? And, and, these, are the, and these are the steps. So, okay. Okay. So, I'm Janet. And I feel kind of, I feel separate. I feel isolated. I'm feeling kind of lonely. And I am meeting my friend, Annie. So I'm going to go downtown to meet her. So I have high hopes for my meeting with Annie. I think she's kind of cute. And <laughs> I'm really ready for a relationship. Because <laughs> I've been feeling kind of down. <laughs> so I'm going downtown. I see, I see Annie. I'm feeling happy and excited. She's cute. She's attractive. <laughs> Hi, Annie. Annie does not look very interested in me. I'm like trying to get the stuff going. Annie is not interested. It is very unpleasant. <laughs> 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 I am very disappointed. <laughs> I knew it was no good. I know. I, <laughs> I'm never going to have a relationship. <laughs> I'm going to be alone the rest of my, my life. I know I should just renounce. <laughs> just become a nun. It's no good. Is that a bakery? <laughs> I deserve something sweet. <laughs> wow, that chocolate looks good. <laughs> and I go into the bakery. And a whole new cycle begins, which I won't go into. Okay. <laughs> okay, so so um so let's let's go back. Let's go back to the first um let's go back to the first um the very first part of the step, which is before any of these other things, but it's not necessary, but the traditional way it's outlined, before all these things start, they they come out of ignorance. Okay, so now in my little acting there, where was the ignorance? What did I say? One of the things I said constituted one of the expressions of ignorance. Feeling separate? What? Feeling separate? Yes, very good. Feeling separate. One of the, exp 
expressions of ignorance is not understanding our connection for, with all living life. One of the other expressions of ignorance is the sense of an abiding self, that I have a self that I need to do something about. I have the self and I want to do something with the self. I want to make it have certain experiences. In this case, I want to have a relationship because I think I can't be happy. I think I can't be happy unless I have a relationship. It's, it's the sense of an abiding, unchanging self that happens, no, that sense of I, no matter what's going on. The other is, is the other part of ignorance, and this is like, a, there's several really key ones, is seeing in the unsatisfactory what is satisfactory. So, for example, taking particular anything, really, taking anything as, as abidingly satisfactory when actually it's unsatisfactory. So, for example, have you, you must have all experienced it one, at one point or another. I've got it. This is the relationship. It's groovy, it's cool, and that sense of this is going to last forever. Or what about a really good smooth breath, you know, or maybe a few. I, I finally found it. That's it. All these years, I've got it. Or losing weight. I've got it. I finally got the weight I want. Whatever it is, whatever it is, we take certain experiences and we, we make them abidingly satisfactory and think they're going to last forever. And then, of course, we do the opposite with unsatisfactory things. I'm no good. I'm depressed. It's always going to be this way. We make, we make what is impermanent permanent. If we didn't carry these beliefs, how we would look at life would be radically different, wouldn't it? But we are continuing to do that over and over again. And I have this really, I love it, this really wonderful poem from this um, nun during the time of the Buddha who says, Once my hair was black like the color of bees, alive, curly. Now it's dry like bark fibers of hemp. I'm getting old. This is true. I tell you the truth. My eyebrows were like crescents exquisitely painted by artists. Now, because of old age, they droop down with wrinkles. Ah, I'm telling you the truth. My eyes used to be shiny, brilliant as jewels. Now they don't look so good. <laughs> My nose was like a delicate peak. Now it's a long pepper. <laughs> the scarecrow is telling the truth. My earlobes once, can you believe it, were like well-fashioned bracelets. Now they're heavy with creases. Formerly, my teeth were pearly white like the bud of a plantain. Now they're broken and yellow. Indeed, this is the truth. My neck used to be soft like a well-rubbed conch shell. Now it bends broken. My arms were like crossbars. Now they're weak as Patali tree. My hands were gorgeous. They used 
they, they used to be, used to be so gorgeous, covered with signet rings decorated with gold. Now they're like onions and radishes. This is true, I tell you. Oh, that is such a beautiful expression of one of the ways that we make something permanent that's impermanent. They, that we continually relate to our bodies as permanent when they're impermanent. And over and over again, try to grasp the beauty in it when actually that beauty is very, very transient. <coughs> the Buddha said ignorance was also not understanding the Four Noble Truth and what, what, um, what causes it and what the end of suffering is. Seeing the, um, seeing the unsatisfactory and the satisfactory is like in our meditations, letting ourselves daydream or letting ourselves get into judgment. It's not bad. It's just that the Buddha is saying, what actually brings about liberation and insight and what doesn't? What is, what is the perpetuation of ignorance and what isn't? So, so there I was, there I was feeling a separate self, believing that by having this relationship, I was going to make myself permanently happy. <laughs> and so the next thing that comes in the cycle are, are sankharas or volitional formations. And that ignorance imbues the arising of the of this sense, of the sense of, of wanting these things, of being a separate self, of wanting these things. It brings about this, the, this expression of ignorance. And this expression of ignorance in volitional formations colors consciousness. Consciousness is that factor of wakefulness in eyes, ears, nose, tongue, mouth. It's, it's that, um, the, uh, the meeting, the meeting of the object with the eyes and the acknowledgement of that in this body. So the next step is from Sankara formations of this, this organization of my mind and body in a particular way according to these beliefs that I've experienced. It then colors consciousness so that it colors how I see Annie when I walk down the road. Okay, yeah. It's called sankharas or volitional formations. S A let's see how S A N K H A R A. Volitional formation. Volitional. So it's like it's it's the it's the intention, volitional formation. It's that intention I'm moving with. Given these beliefs that I have about myself and about my life, I'm, I'm starting to organize my being in a particular way. And then that colors the consciousness I have. And after consciousness is the, is the beginning of mind and body process. It's the beginning of how I'm actually moving my body and, and how my mind and body are relating around this event of 
going down the road to meet Annie. So from that intention comes my body starting to move, mind and body, starting to move in a particular way. So then, after the mind and body moves in a particular way, comes the six sense doors. Oh, then what comes awake is, in this case, seeing Annie. And in, in any particular situation, it's not always that the six sense doors are operating. Like if you're watching a very excited movie, you're not noticing what someone else is doing down the row from where you're sitting. You're just noticing what's happening in the movie. So it's like, in, this, in the case of a movie, you're just noticing what's being seen. In the case for me with Annie, I'm not really noticing who's passing me by. I'm really just watching out for Annie as I walk down the road. But in the background, are the sense doors operating? I'm hearing kind of in the background. I'm feeling, I'm touching the pavement. The six sense doors are awakened according to this particular way I've organized my activity. They're not neutral. When we think about eyes, ears, nose, usually we think about it as neutral, like, oh, I'm just seeing. But what this is saying is you're not just seeing. Your seeing is already being organized by your consciousness, and your consciousness is already being organized by your intentions or volitional formations. What the underlying whole set of beliefs and ideas are that are called ignorance by the Buddha that organize our activities in any one moment, in even how we come to the breath. Okay, I make contact with Annie. I see her. It's pleasant. There's a feeling next. After contact, the Buddha says, there is always feeling, either pleasant or unpleasant. There's never contact without a feeling. So there's always pleasant or unpleasant. I see Annie. It's pleasant. I want more. I'm excited. <laughs> <laughs> but then, <laughs> so I've gone on into craving, but then <laughs> Annie isn't giving me what I want. So I actually go back to the beginning. I go back to volitional formations or sankharas. I build another, I build another belief up. I'm no good. I, I can go through that cycle, or, or, or we, or we could just go, we could just go on from craving to clinging, to really wanting Annie in a big way. You know, I really want Annie in a big way. And in that clinging, let's just go on to being addictive. <laughs> in that clinging, it feels as though my happiness is dependent on Annie. What clinging does is that we transfer the self-authority of our happiness onto an object or a person outside of us. And we make our happiness dependent. Uh, that's what clinging is. It's, it's, it's moving out. It's desiring something. And the only reason we would desire it is because we think it's going to give us a lot of pleasant sensations and that our happiness is going to come from those pleasant sensations. So we take this object, Annie, and we cling onto it, right? We want it. We become addictive. I, so I 
start, so I creating a particular sense of self. I start to call Annie up. I have given, I, the next step is I am rebirthing. I am birthing a particular sense of self in relationship to Annie, of, of a wanting, of not feeling good enough without her, of feeling separate and feeling like if I don't have Annie, I'm really going to feel bad about myself, of feeling like Annie is really the thing and the answer for me. Creating this whole sense of I, of I being very separate actually from Annie, but deeply yearning for her and clinging for her. And I've birthed a sense of myself in this relationship of clinging. And then and then this the sense of the sense of I will either go through a whole new cycle of experiences, either su supporting and strengthening that I, or another set of experiences that might give rise to a different sense of I. So after the, after the birthing of, of this whole thing, the cycle at some point will come to an end and then the whole cycle begins again. And what the Buddha says is that this cycle can happen in a moment or it can happen over and over again in lifetimes. That it, this isn't just the cycle of rebirth. This cycle happens each moment. And so we either condition the sense of a separate I over and over again by going through the cycle, or through the practice, we start to deconstruct it. So, okay, so let me just hold on a moment and say, any, um, <laughs> any questions? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's the organization of misconceptions and beliefs that we've inherited that have created that sense of ourselves as a personality based on ignorance. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.